While this podcast will cover information about how to access therapy and other mental health services, it is not intended to be a substitute for said services. This podcast is intended for educational and entertainment purposes only. If you feel you are in need of mental health assistance, please seek out licensed professional care in your area. that type of therapy podcast. Welcome folks to Mental Health Quest, the therapist office and beyond. We're here to answer your questions about mental health, including how to access it, what it looks like, Why should you do it? All of the above. And so much more. Well, hello. I'm Charlene McPherson, LCSWC. Hello, I am Benjamin Tate's registered psychological assistant as of this week. Yay! And on this episode of Mental Health Quest, episode two, how do I know I need therapy and how do I find a therapist? Very important questions. I think part of life's great mysteries, really. Yeah, (laughs) it definitely can get complicated real quick. So in this session, we're actually going to talk about specifically outpatient individual therapy. Um, We're not going to be talking about groups. We're not going to be talking about inpatient right now. Those are going to be covered in other episodes, right, Benjamin? Yes, we will have another episode talking about different levels of care and various different types of mental health services that are available in different areas. Right. And so in this episode, we're going to, the three topics we're going to cover is how to tell if I need therapy, a step-by-step process on how to find a therapist, and number three is how to prepare for an intake. Really kind of scary word, intake. So don't worry Dear listeners, we will assuage all your fears. All of them. (laughs) Or or we might just make you more terrified, but, you know. (laughs) We'll try not to. We'll we'll Um, really try not to. (laughs) So the first question that that, uh, I usually see people ask or, you know, uh, reading Reddit and things like that, how do I even know I need therapy, right? And so what I tell my clients, uh, I have heard that millions of times too in intakes, like I didn't know I needed this until some kind of really bad thing happened, right? Um, So what I usually say is, are the potential issues you're having getting in the way of everyday life? Okay, so school, work, home, socialization. Is it getting in the way? The, the, the problems that you're, you're dealing with, are they going to get in the way of everyday life? Like not being able to go to work, avoiding social situations, things or like not that. being able to like do your best job, you know, at, at your schoolwork or your in place of employment. Right. And so if the answer is yes to that question, then you move on to get a little bit more specific. If the answer is no, 
then you may not need therapy at the moment. Um, you would just keep an eye. Yeah. And it's important to know a lot of people think that you only go to therapy when shit hits the fan. Yeah. Um, that you only go to therapy when there's a trauma or something like that. And while definitely, you know, therapy is very helpful if you experience trauma, but you don't always need to have witnessed a death or had something bad happen to you that could impede your life. Sometimes there's relationship issues that are going on in your life that really just fill up your mental space. And that makes it harder for you to do your other things. So when you're deciding if you need therapy, ask yourself, are there things that you would like to work on? This could be finding a boyfriend or girlfriend uh, or other partner, relationship issues, um, stress management. um, How do I make friends in a new area or how do I feel comfortable in a new job where I'm worried I'm not good enough? Those are all important questions. And these are all things that can be benefited by therapy. Exactly. Yeah. If there's anything you want to work on, you know, and it has to do with mental health or, or behaviors, then that's where you go as a therapist. Just like if you had diabetes, you go to your, your, uh, your PCP first, and then, you know, uh, wherever you need to go from there. But you know, you have to start somewhere. Mm -hmm. Um, And so if you have things you want to work on that you want to improve on, then the answer is yes, you do need therapy. (laughs) Or at least it could be beneficial. Right. Uh, You know, as we said, if there's something that you feel is bothering you, it might be a good idea to check out a therapist. Yeah. And we're going to get into whether or not that's the right therapist. In a, you know, yeah, in a different episode. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but I think another really important thing is a lot of times people don't like to open up about their issues. They don't even tell family or friends when things are bothering them. And so one good way to know that, hey, therapy might be a good option is if you're having trouble opening up to your loved ones or if people around you have expressed concern for your mental health. Mm-hmm. You know, if maybe a friend or a family member has said, Hey, I noticed you seem to be upset a lot. Is everything okay? You might tell them you're fine, but by virtue of the fact that they have noticed that you're not doing a hundred percent, maybe could be a good reason to check out a therapist. Yeah. And some he- people don't want to tell their families all their problems. That's what a therapist is for. You can tell us everything and so that way you don't have to worry your parents or your loved ones. Right. And we can't tell anybody. (laughs) Yeah, no. Not unless you tell us to. We we are legally obliged to keep your secrets with some exceptions, which we might need to talk about that in a different episode. Yeah. Uh, But those are safety issues, basically. But but if someone, you know, your friend says, "Hey, hey, I'm concerned you know, is there something going on and you feel like you can't talk to that person because maybe they're involved in some of the stuff that's bothering you, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's hard to, to talk about. Yeah, maybe it has um, something to do with them or you're worried that it's going to affect your relationship with them. Right. And so we're a third party. We don't have, you know, uh, we don't have emotions involved in it. We're a third party that can sit and be objective 
about what's going on, you're not going to hurt us in any way, shape or form. We've seen everything. (laughs) We've dealt with everything. And so, um, although not, you know, I'm sure there's things out there uh, that I haven't dealt with in the 12 years, but you know, we're an objective third party. Um, We don't have skin in the game. We can give you a different perspective. Yeah. So those are all things to kind of ask yourself to be able to say, okay, maybe I need therapy. And in any of these questions, if your answer is "Uh, maybe, maybe not, not sure, err on the side of caution and go see a therapist. Therapist might go and say, hey, look, you seem like you're doing okay. Is there specific things you need to work on? Okay, here, here's how you work on those and then you're good, right? Um, yeah, but- and if, if you're not sure, you know, some therapists will offer a free consultation. Yep. You know, or maybe there'll be a lower fee for an initial consultation where you can figure mm-hmm. out if therapy is right for you. Right. Um, you know, or you can go to your primary care physician, your family doctor, because they, I would assume, know you pretty well if you go to them regularly. And, you know, they might be able to give you a different opinion. They can they can tell you, hey, you know, I think you can benefit from this. They might give you some names, some ideas, some options. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't try and do it on your own. Reach out to a professional. You know, we'll talk about the step-by-step process next, but um, don't try and reinvent the wheel. Yeah. Uh, go to someone who, you know, you either has seen a therapist or knows therapists, or if you're at school, go to a counselor, you know, to try and get a hold of a list of people because yeah, it can and, get pretty complicated. And nowadays, uh, a lot of, you know, schools and churches and doctor's offices have resources for mental health care. Uh, mm-hmm. So if you're, you know, a student, you can talk to your teacher or you can go to the school's, you know, administrative office. They might have some, you know, the school nurse might have some information depending on mm-hmm. what grade you're in. Um, you know, university students, there's a counseling center on almost every college campus, mm-hmm. uh, which, you know, could either be free or at really low rates. Or do you talk to, if you feel comfortable talking to a pastor or other religious uh, leader, you know, they oftentimes now are trained to recognize, you know, the need for mental health and they can offer you guidance in finding mental health care. Yep. And so I think we're, we're ready to move on to step two, right? We're kind of like dancing around it a little bit. This yeah. is going to be my favorite part. <laughs> yeah, we, we decided, you know what, it's, we wanted to find a therapist. Now let's figure out how to actually do that. How do we find a therapist? Right. So the first thing we wanted to cover that confuses a lot of people that I hear about a lot from clients that come into my office, from family members, friends, everyone. The first question I get asked is, what is the difference between a counselor, a psychologist, a social worker, and a psychiatrist? Yeah, I've gotten that question too, even by my own family. Yeah, and it is rather confusing because you can see any one of those for therapy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there's only a specific person that you can go to usually for uh, medication, but people kind of get those things mixed up, and it is very easy to get those things me- mixed up. Yeah. Um, so, Charlene, because you've 
worked as a social worker much longer than I have. Maybe you can explain a little bit about what is a social worker, what do they do, uh, and how can they provide assistance to people for mental health? So with social workers, we get a very specific type of training. We are not only uh, diagnosis-based, like the individual-based. We want to look at the entire system. So we're looking at family systems, we're looking at environment, we're looking at um, socioeconomic status, we're looking at food, where your next meal is coming from. You know, all of those things impact a person's mental health. And so knowing how to connect people to resources, as well as doing therapy, is really, really important. Because again, you know, I when I started working off with kids, I they wouldn't, if they didn't know where their next meal was coming from, there was no way that I was going to be able to process their deepest, darkest secrets. Like they're, yeah. they're hungry. That's it. You know, and I always like kind of cite Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? Mm-hmm. If somebody's hungry, doesn't have a roof over their head, you know, it doesn't have um, the basic necessities, the basic physical necessities they can't move to the next level up. They can't process trauma. They can't process all of those things because their basic needs aren't being met. Yeah. So in social work too, you have the people who only work out in the communities, right? Like they're they're working for the state, things like that. What we're talking about specifically is a a clinical social worker. Um, So there's even a difference within social work. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so, you know, people think of social worker, they think of, you know, people going in and, and helping people get resources and things like that. I'm a clinical social worker. So people come and see me for therapy. Um, I do individual therapy. I do group therapy. I do all of those things. As a, the difference between that and a counselor, there's not much difference. Um, counselors are people who do individual therapy, who do a spe- uh, use a specific set of problems, particularly patients with mental health issues. Um, but I kind of do that too. So it's just a different training program, to be honest. Um, and I think they may focus a little bit more on families and counseling. We pretty much do the same job. Different trainings, but pretty different much the same thing. On the, yeah, different perspectives on the same type of clients. I think that's a really important uh, you know, point to make is that, yes, all these you know, four types of therapists that we've mentioned, counselors, social workers, psychologists, psychiatrists, can all do therapy, but some of them you know, have different perspectives than others, but also some of them might see different types of clients uh, yeah. than others. Like there are some types of clients that a psychologist or a psychiatrist would see that a counselor would not. Um, based off of the level of training that they have. So, you know, a psychiatrist is uh, among all of these four, a psychiatrist is unique in that they are medical doctors. They actually went to medical school. They are physicians. They are trained in a, you know, medical standpoint, a biological training model. And so they are also the only ones among these uh, four that are allowed to prescribe medication. Um, though there are some states that a psychologist can prescribe medication, but that's very limited. Uh, 
typically a psychiatrist would be the one prescribed medications. In the past, psychiatrists did do therapy a lot more often. Nowadays, psychiatrists don't do in-depth, you know, interpersonal therapy. They will focus more on managing symptoms of mental illness through medications. And so they might talk to you about your life and your stresses and everything, but all in regards to the medications and how the medications are helping. Psychiatrists typically don't see people for general mental health problems. They would more often be seeing people with more serious mental illnesses, like more chronic depression, more serious anxiety that's more debilitating that needs mm-hmm. medication that therapy is not enough for. So right. if you're seeing a therapist and your symptoms are not going away, then maybe medication in addition, I'm going to make mm-hmm. that a really important point that having medication in addition to therapy can be very helpful. Uh, and that's where you might add on a psychiatrist to your therapy plan. So that way they can coordinate with your therapist and they can figure out, okay, well, if this is what's going on. Let's try this medication and they can monitor that. They would also most likely want to coordinate with your primary care physician to understand mm-hmm. about the other medical issues, because those can all affect the medications you can take and how they will help you. When talking about different types of clients, you know, I just mentioned there are some people that the the mental illnesses or the mental health issues are a bit more severe. Uh, and so while social workers uh, can and do work mm-hmm. with seriously mentally ill people, I did that for five years as a social worker. But uh, among the, as a therapist, though, social workers would not do as much therapy with serious mental illness as much, but a psychologist might. Psychologists can see anybody, children, adults, elderly people, adolescents, whatever. They can see, you know, normal mental health problems, normal family problems, but they would also be trained to handle and to work with more serious problems. Uh, So it's a different level of training and they would be able to also do different kinds of testing and assessments to determine what is going on and what is needed. Um, Social workers and counselors can do some types of testing, but more advanced testing and assessment for psychological needs can only be done by psychologists. So while all four of these professionals can provide you with therapy, each of them has a different unique skill set that might be more beneficial for different needs and different clients than the others. Yeah. And that's, that's how I usually remember the difference between a psychologist and a social or clinical social worker and a counselor is psychologists are particularly trained in the test themselves. So they can administer testing. Whereas as a social worker, I, I can administer there's like surveys and things like that out of the DSM but I can't uh, sit down and test you specifically on a whole bunch of things. Um, Whereas a psychologist can, and that's, if you're looking for, usually I would send somebody to a psychologist, especially if their child needed an evaluation to bring to the school Mm -hmm. um, and say, Hey, look, this is what we're seeing. This was done by an official psychologist. They have the testing to be able to tell the school, Hey, look, this is what's going on. 
and give them an IEP or what a 504, whatever they need to be able to help them out in school. Yes. So, you know, if you need an assessment or an evaluation that needs to be like official and recognized by other aspects of your life and maybe legal or work environments, a psychologist is the one that has to do that. Yeah. Um, the assessments that a social worker or counselor might do are just for use in the therapy session uh, mm -hmm. and cannot be used as evidence for additional needs outside of therapy. Um, yeah. Sometimes we would get asked by the school, you know, hey, you know, obviously we'd get a release first, but, you know, sometimes they would ask us, hey, what is their diagnosis, right? And yeah. some schools would take that into account a lot of schools wouldn't because they wanted something official and legal yeah. and, you know, things like that. So not always needing a psychologist, but again, if you want it official, if you don't want anybody to be able to argue about what's going on, which yeah. schools tend like to do, mm -hmm. um, then you go straight to a psychologist. Yeah. And, and also with work environments, if you need, you know, a, um, you know, adjustments in your work environment uh you need some accommodations at work yeah accommodations. you would have a psychologist assess for that and make an official recommendation mm -hmm. so that way you can take it to your hr department uh, and they would work with you and they would work with your psychologist to find the right uh, accommodations for you um, right if you were to go to a counselor the their recommendations would not be as accepted yeah and and areas yeah, and this is uh, according to my experience in the state of Maryland. Ben, it's your experience in in California, right? Yeah. Um, it may be different in different states, but that's kind of my what my experience has been mm -hmm. um, dealing with uh, testing and and schools and things like that. Any accommodations that anybody needs at work or something like that. You're right. Um, be a psychologist. Yeah. Um, or or a psychiatrist because they're medical doctors. So exactly. It, it's a. It's also the type of degree. It's the type of license that allows for more, uh, like weight to their opinion. I guess. Right. Right. So like a higher, higher degree kind of thing. Right. Um, but now that we've discussed who these different professionals are, how do we go about finding one of these therapists? This is this is the hardest part, isn't it? Yeah. So this is a question in and of itself. Yeah. So basically what I tell people to do any, anybody, um, obviously if somebody is sitting in my office, they've already found me. So, you know, I don't, I don't have to worry about that, but like if any, a friend asks me or, you know, someone honestly, like people just off the street, you'll be like, Oh, you're a mental health therapist. How do I do this? And I'm like, well, this is what you're going to do. Right. As soon as when you're in parties and somebody asks you what you do, and you go, Oh, I'm a therapist, they're like, Oh, here's my life story. How do I how do I get a therapist? And I'm like, oh, Okay, okay, all right. That's happened. Yeah, you're honestly that's happened even on dates. I you know, yeah. you go on a date and you know, you ask the other person the general small questions, oh, so what do you do for work? Oh, I'm a you know, therapist, I'm starting to be a psychologist. Oh, okay. So I have these problems. Right. Uh, what do you think I should do? And I had it happen. I was on a date and I it ended up being a therapy session. Oh, uh, no. And they didn't even pay for my dinner. Uh, oh, Rude. no. It's like, Rude. come on, really? I have to pay for myself. And then now 
you're I'm doing therapy and you're not even paying me. Oh jeez. <laughs> oh, Rude. So the first thing <laughs> so the first thing I would do is Google mental health therapist near me. You know how like when you put in Google, you'll put like mental health therapist and it, it'll automatically be like near me. Yeah. Like you could look for like golf course near me, you know. And so you could do that first. Obviously, you're gonna get a lot of hits on that. And there's no grading system really. Um, when it comes to how good a therapist is or, you know, psychiatrist or whoever you're looking for, you know, it's kind of just, you have to kind of see. Yeah. You'd have to read, you know, just read their descriptions and what each of them says on their website as to what areas of work they specialize in. Cause again, you want to find the one that's most relevant to your needs, you know, that's, I think, an important reason why we discussed the differences between them first is because you need to know who do you need to see before you start Googling because you're going to get 1,500 responses that aren't really going to help you if you don't know who you need to look more closely at. So, you know, you can type in therapists near me, you'll find everybody, but maybe you can narrow it down to say, mm-hmm. okay, well, I don't think I need a psychologist or a psychiatrist, so let me just look for social workers near me or whatever, and then mm-hmm. you can narrow it down. Right. And so the the first thing that more than likely will be pop up is psychology today. Mm-hmm. Um, every therapist I know is registered on psychology today if they're a private practitioner. So when you go onto the Psychology Today website, you will, the first thing you'll see is find a therapist and you put in your zip code, right? Yeah. Um, so I'm actually doing that right now on my computer so I can be more specific about what is actually on the website. I wonder if your name is going to pop up in your own search. <laughs> oh, there I am. It did. <laughs> Good to know that you are a therapist in your area. Yeah. And I got, I like, I'm the fourth one down. That's pretty nice. Oh. Something that you could do in psychology today is there's a, a drop-down menus for, there's one for, it says issues. I, don't, I wouldn't necessarily like to use that word, but uh, diagnoses, um, something a little less, right, things you want to work on. There's an insurance tab. There's a gender tab. There's a types of therapy tab, which mm-hmm. listen later, listeners. Episode. Yeah, we have a whole series on that coming up. Age, price, um, and I'm clicking more here, and it says ethnicity surge, sexuality, language, faith. So you can actually narrow down there as well, you know, what you're looking for. You know, if you're looking for ADHD help or depression or anxiety, you can specifically pick those things on the website and it'll cut some ther- the therapists out that don't deal with those diagnoses. Yeah. So Psychology Today is a fantastic resource. And uh, oftentimes the, psych- the psychologists and other therapists will provide on their page like a full detailed description of as their experience and the mm-hmm. things that they work on, um, the type of clients they see. So that way you can kind of not only get a feel for their experience, but at least for me, I can tell based off their writing style about a little bit about their personality. And so I can feel, you know, I like mm-hmm. the way that they worded that. I feel like mm-hmm. that's a good thing. 
some people yeah. like to, to do that. So, yeah. And on the page, if you click on a specific therapist, you'll get a way to email them. You'll have their phone number. You'll see what their specialties are, their issues, what their client focus is, their finances. So like, do they take insurance mm -hmm. or not? Types of therapy that they do. You have qualifications on there and credentials as well. So it, you really can get a lot of information about a therapist off of psychology today. Yeah. But another thing that's really a good place to look for therapists is just contact your insurance provider directly uh, because they will give you a list of mm -hmm. therapists that they cover or that are covered by their, their plans that are in your area. Um, I remember when I worked as a social worker uh, in, a, in the hospital, I had a patient that uh, had a specific like, private insurance. And so I couldn't just refer them to the normal county clinic because that it, the insurance wouldn't go for that. So right. I, I just called the insurance and said, can you just send me a list of all the therapists that this person can go see? So that way I can make referrals. And they did. It was like a 10 page like fax that they sent me. So a lot of the insurance companies have a set list that you can request. And that way you already take one question out of the you know boxes. Well, we know that this person will take my insurance because my insurance right. is telling me that they do. Yeah. And it, the only flaw in that, that method is sometimes therapists don't update whether they're still credentialed with uh, an insurance company or not. Well, so you really do still would. So if it's uh, the it's... list that the insurance company is providing you, they're sending you their list of who's credentialed. Yeah. And I, I know there's some people, you just want to double check. Yeah, for Call sure. and make sure, you know, hey, you're still taking this insurance just so you don't get caught with a surprise. And we'll talk about that a little bit further down here. Yeah. But so, yes. what's next? What's next is we should, you know, another thing to look at is now it's a really big thing considering the pandemic, telehealth or mm -hmm. online therapy. That's another important thing. There are now a lot of different online therapy companies that they're solely based online, that there's no physical office to go to for the therapist. And some clients prefer that because they want to stay at home. They feel safer at home. They feel more comfortable and that's okay. Not all of the, these companies accept all insurances. So again, checking with them and checking with your insurance is really important. Um, mm -hmm. But it is also important to know that just because someone is online doesn't mean they can see you. You know, you can be in Maryland and mm -hmm. let's say you wanted me to be your therapist online and I'm in California. I can't do that because you're in Maryland. Right. I'm not licensed in Maryland. So you need to find out in what localities is a therapist licensed to practice. And it has to be, the therapist has to be licensed in the locality where the client is. Mm -hmm. so, where the client is living yeah. where the client is living so but that's fine because again all these online therapy platforms have narrowed down your search based off of what state you're in um, right so that way you may maybe you know you can find someone who might be a bit far away to drive but they're still in the state in which case you could still see them telehealth telehealth wise yeah yeah um, and and we're about to like say a few websites. None of these are um, sponsors, are sponsors or anything like that. We're not affiliated with them in any way. It's just these are the top 
the top things that hit when you Google online therapy, right? Yeah. So we're not necessarily saying, you know, we love this or you should go do it. You know, it's just more of a resource. Yeah. Um, so we have, the first one is BetterHelp. I think a lot of people know about that now. They have commercials in like every podcast mm -hmm. I know that I listen they to. They sponsor a lot of YouTubers now also. Some, right. Some of the YouTubers that I follow, they're like, this episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Uh, yeah. So, you know. No, we and then they would sponsor us, but we're not sponsored yet. <laughs> yet. Yet. And then there's Talkspace. That's kind of the competitor, I feel like, of, of BetterHelp. Mm -hmm. um, and then in your state, there may be specific programs. telehealth yeah. programs as well. In Maryland, they call it Maryland Live, and they take some insurances. And then I don't know if you have a, an equivalent in California. Not that I've heard of. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, BetterHelp and Talkspace are prevalent here in California. Yeah. Because they that's the thing about these online telehealth platforms is that they have therapists across the country right. uh, that contract with them. So, you know, if you are a therapist, you can contract with this online platform and they would send you clients strictly for telehealth that are still in your area i i don't know one that's called like california like telehealth mm -hmm. or whatever uh there might be i've just not come across it yet uh, yeah but either way check out these couple options better help and talk space or if you're in maryland maryland live mm -hmm. uh and check to see if the those providers will be accepting your insurance or not no need to worry, though, there are, we will have a whole episode about payment for therapy. There's different ways to get really good, accessible therapy, even if insurance is an issue. Right. Yeah. And so let, let's imagine that now you've listened to our podcast up until this point, and you have been able to narrow it down to maybe a few therapists, right? That's that's the world I'm going to create right now. <laughs> We're all you're the dungeon master. Create yeah, exactly. Imagine. <laughs> <laughs> so you found a couple of therapists, and you're like, "Okay, I like these out of the group that I found. What do I do next?" Right? Yeah, they look good and on so, paper, but you got to right. kind of do an interview. It's almost right. like finding a, a, an employee or a job. Yeah, and you really do want to do an interview. Don't assume that they are a fit for you. Don't assume that they're the best therapist in the world. You know, some personalities just don't fit. Mm -hmm. Some, you know, some therapists are don't treat certain things. So definitely interviewing your therapist is an important thing because you want to make sure that they have the skills you need to be able to work on what you want to work on. Yeah. And so a really important next step is after you've narrowed down your online search, as we mentioned, all these online pages will have contact information for the mm -hmm. therapist. Depending on what you feel most comfortable with, you could either give them a phone call or you can email them. I would re recommend a phone call first uh, just mm -hmm. because it's a little bit more personable uh, and you mm -hmm. can also get a feel for how they talk and Strange yeah. as it sounds, that's an important thing that you know people want is do they like the sound of your voice? Right. You know, if, yeah. if someone is is gonna you know come to see me for therapy, I would hope that they are okay with the sound of my voice. Right. Uh, give the therapist a call, let them mm -hmm. know, hey, I found you online. 
Uh, I see you wrote this on your website and on Psychology Today. Can you give me more information about your services and your pricing? And you can let them know a little bit about why you're seeking their help. Mm -hmm. And they will tell you, you know, don't worry that they're going to just accept you because they want your money. I've never come across a therapist has done that. All therapists that I've ever met will ask you, what is it that you need help with? And they will tell you, you know what? I understand, but I'm not really, I don't think I can give you the best help. And then what they will do is they will give you the names of four or five other people that they think mm -hmm. could give you that help. So you write down those names and you give them a call next. Mm -hmm. You know, until you find the person that you feel comfortable talking to on the phone or via email, if you want to kind of have that anonymity, if you want to be telling them a little bit about your situation, phone call is better because over email, if you're including personal health information, that's not secure. Most therapists would recommend against sending them an email with your personal health information. And two, yes. you sign up with them and they have an online portal, which is HIPAA compliant. Right, right. Uh, and HIPAA is your privacy confidentiality law. Mm -hmm. So all therapists have to follow HIPAA. Really, no email is secure enough to be able to send emails back and forth. I usually do like scheduling, but that's about it. Yeah, I do use, I use, again, not, not a sponsor, but I use simple practice. I've used it for a while. Um, and they have a client porter where people can go in, you can upload files, you could send, you know, stuff through that. And it's, I, I was so hesitant to switch over to online because I guess that's how old I am. I'm <laughs> showing my age, right? <laughs> we didn't have, it was like, everybody was kind of hesitant about switching over from paper to, to online, right? And I called my lawyer and I was like, this is the encryption rate that they're using. And they were like, that's one below like what the government uses. So I think you're okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, I feel a little bit better. And, and so, it's important to note that if the, if the therapist has some kind of online portal, that you would be able to sign and fill out all your paperwork online through an electronic mm -hmm. signature system. Uh, mm -hmm. And nowadays, a lot of these online portals do include a telehealth service. Yes. So you won't need to download Zoom or Skype or whatever. It'll be done directly through the HIPAA-compliant therapy portal. Which right. means right. Your, your virtual therapy session will be secure and will not be yeah. hacked or, you know, zoom blocked or whatever's been going on with zoom. Right. Yeah. And so, um, you know, going back to like the phone with the therapist, you know, you also get the, the therapist personality, right? Yeah. Like you, you get whether they're kind of a serious, more serious person, whether they're a little bit more, more like, I think Benjamin and I a little <laughs> bit more like what we are, which is, you know, we use humor in our therapy sessions. Yeah. We, you know, we connect to people through their geek obsessions <laughs> and their, their uh, interests and in things yeah. like that. Right. So you would be more likely to get that through a phone call than an email. Now I know there may, there are some services out there are just text-based. I have not ever come in contact with any of these and I still don't know how much I'm kind of su supportive of that. If that's the only way somebody feels comfortable accessing therapy, 
then okay, Mo right? Most text-only programs that I'm aware of are not strictly really for therapy. It's more for uh, like like a warm line or like a hotline mm -hmm. kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but uh, again, you have to be very careful with those because they might not be a secure uh, mm -hmm. kind of number. Uh, it might not be HIPAA compliant. You know, if you want a text only platform, really make sure to do your research to find which one is the safest and most secure. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of, uh, you know, uh, hotlines do have a text service and those mm -hmm. ones are secure because it's through a, a like a national hotline, but that's not really for therapy. That's more just like, yeah. hey, I'm having a hard time right now. And then they would just talk to you for that moment and then you don't need to come back to them ever again. Yeah. And yeah. You're also, you're not paying them. So they're not yeah, really doing yeah. in-depth therapy. You're just kind of like, I'm sad. I'm, you know, yeah. I'm in crisis. I'm upset. They'll talk you down and then refer yeah. you to a therapist. Right. Yeah. And so through all of these, the whole point is, is to contact the therapist first, right? Yes. Ask them whether they have a free consultation because uh, some therapists do that. Um, and you had mentioned that to kind of gauge how they interact with you, you know, whether you think your personalities are going to fit. Mm -hmm. And it's okay to go through a couple of therapists, right? Like if somebody tells me, hey, I don't think this is a good fit. I'm like, hey, you know you best. Yeah. Here's, I know here's no some... therapist will begrudge you that if you tell them, no. you know what, I'm sorry, I don't feel comfortable. They're going to be like, okay, let's yeah. find you someone that you do feel comfortable with. Right. All therapists will be okay with that. And if and if any therapist tells you otherwise, then clearly they're I... not right for you. Right, exactly. So you more evidence as to why you need someone else, in which case we're fine. Yeah. But I think we're going to just move on a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. We're going to talk very, very briefly about insurance. That will be a whole nother episode, but check what insurances you have because different insurances cover therapy at different rates and they have different lists of directories of therapists that you can search on and they have different uh, options for sliding scale or self-pay procedures that you can work out with your therapist where you don't need to charge your insurance if maybe your deductible is too high or, or whatever. Uh, so checking with your insurance and checking with the therapist about their payment procedures is an important thing when you're trying to find this right therapist. Right. And, and sliding scale, it, just to kind of, you know, define what sliding scale is. Um, usually a sliding scale is based off of kind of what you can afford. Mm -hmm. Right. So you would have a conversation with your therapist about what you might be able to afford weekly or biweekly or whatever it is. And then you and your therapist would come to an agreement on that, that yeah. payment. It's like a pay what um, you can kind of. Exactly. System. And we'll, we'll talk about that more in the episode. That's all about payment and insurance, but it's yes. important to know that some therapists do have that option, in which case you don't mm -hmm. need to worry about, you know, insurance coverage or exorbitant fees, you know, asking them and during that initial phone call, what are your payment options? Mm -hmm. I think that's a really yep. important question to ask. Yeah, definitely. And what I always tell people too, is, is like, have the therapist actually run your insurance. If you're going to yes. use insurance, 
have the therapist go look up your insurance, look up what your copay is, mm-hmm. what your coinsurance is, what your deductible is, so that after that first set or before that first session, you know How what you're going to be paying. Pay. Yeah. Because with my clients, I always, I always say like, I hate surprises when it comes to yeah. <laughs> having to pay extra money. I don't want that to happen to my clients. Yeah. So a good so, therapist will run it beforehand in order to make sure that there's going to be no surprise billing. And that would just be more information for you to determine, is this the right therapist for you? Right. Um, and so that leads us into, let's say you found your therapist. You've talked to them. You've found them online. How do you prepare for that initial intake? And I'm going to just give a brief definition of what intake means. It just means they're taking in information about what brought you into <laughs> therapy uh, and creating a plan with you for the next couple of sessions or further on. Most, if not all, therapists will send you some paperwork or you go into the office and they'll give you the paperwork before you go in and sit down with them. Some, you know, it's not going to take you too long to fill out all the paperwork. Some of them might work on the paperwork with you and guide you through it. Nowadays, especially with all all of these uh, online therapy portals, uh, they have the forms electronically. You go online, you can sign it electronically, and you can submit it instantaneously, and that way everything will be set. But complete and read, 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 read all the please forms. Please read. Yes, please read. We don't want surprises for you. You don't want surprises. Read the forms carefully. Sign them. If you have questions about the form, you can talk to the therapist you know, before your first session and say, wait a minute, I have a question about what does this mean? What am I signing here? Yeah. Definitely yeah. do that. Yeah, because it goes over payments, it goes over HIPAA compliance, it goes over everything. So you, you know, you don't want any surprises with your therapist. Yeah. So, and, and that's going to lead you in to the actual intake session where they're going to review the paperwork again with you. And they're going to ask you some general questions about, have you ever been in therapy before? Have you, you know, been in treatment for substance abuse? They'll ask you some historical questions about, you know, work environment and family life. They'll ask you, why do you need therapy? They're going to ask you, what issues do you want to work on? They will also discuss the business side of things like, okay, do we want this to be a weekly session? bi-weekly, monthly, they'll go over all that with you in that initial intake appointment. It's time for them to get information about you and for you to get information about them. Right. And so one thing I wanted to say about the initial intake is it can be a little overwhelming. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, if you're feeling a little overwhelmed or there's so much being thrown at you, so many questions you don't even know this person and they're asking you about your home life as a child, <laughs> you know, it's, it's hard. Right. Yeah. So being prepared for this, you know, that I always tell my clients, I'm like, this is not how therapy normally goes. This is yeah. just an information gathering session. It's going to be hard because we're just going through questions. It's not going to feel real personal, but this is information I need to be able to help you along the line. Mm-hmm. So definitely it, it can be quite overwhelming, but it is definitely important information for your therapist to have. And also, as, as we said, is 
this is not only time for the, the therapist to ask you questions, but for you to ask more questions right. to the therapist. You might have already asked some questions over the phone, over email, but you have other questions about mental health or whatever, or copay or therapy. During the intake session is when they will open up the floor and say, okay, do you have any questions for me? Yep. And you can ask them almost anything that's related to your therapy. You can ask them about their experience. You can ask them about, you know, uh, have they, you know, worked with this kind of disorder before? Have you worked with this kind of client before? Ask them those questions. They want you to ask them the questions. Right. And so we we actually have a list here of questions that are really, really good to ask in your first session. We definitely again, want to post our outline so that you can just copy and paste that, take it with you um, mm-hmm. and ask the questions. You know, you already covered a few, Benjamin, where it's, what's your experience? You know, have you worked with, um, you know, anxiety before or depression or whatever you're looking for help with? What type of therapy they do, mm-hmm. whether it's cognitive behavioral, whether it's ACT, whether it's, you know, different different types of therapy, and then you can go look it up and research it and things like that. The schedule, you know, we talked about that too. You know, would do I come once a week? Do I come every other week? You know, is it the one thing the therapists do really differently is it's like, okay, is it the same time every week or is it a different time every week? And um, that's something that you can work on and decide mm-hmm. between you and the therapist. Um, I actually, you know, as I mentioned at the beginning of this, I'm now a registered psychological assistant. I just scheduled my first client and I asked them, do you want to do this every week at the same time or do you need to move it around? Mm -hmm. Because they want to work with your schedule because this needs to work for you, not just for them. Right, right. And so, um, you know, the other thing is, is how do I schedule an appointment? (laughs) Do they have an online portal where you can schedule an appointment? Mm -hmm. Um, Or does it have to be verbally through the therapist in session or over the phone or whatever? So figuring that out too. Yeah. What's the general process of therapy? Yeah. I usually explain to my clients, the first step is getting to know me and getting to trust me. Yeah. Because they don't know who I am what, how I'm going to react, you know, things like that. So I tend not to try and push people too fast because they need to get to know that I'm going to respond in an appropriate way. Yeah. Um, so asking your therapist, okay, what is your process? You know, mine is getting to know you first, you know, you start trusting me, then we'll talk about everyday life things that are, are getting in the way and then start identifying those goals Right. And then (laughs) helping to identify those goals, helping uh, identify those difficulties and then starting, you know, um, interventions on them. So that's specifically what I do. Um, And you're right. It is important to ask the therapist because they can give you just a brief overview of what mm -hmm. therapy will look like. That is an important part of the intake session is Mm -hmm. for you to be aware of what you're getting yourself into. Right, right, definitely. And then, you know, asking questions about confidentiality, mm-hmm. HIPAA laws, you know, things like that. What are the limitations to your confidentiality? Because there are limitations, if 
you're having suicidal ideation, homicidal ideation, or in the state of Maryland, if you experienced abuse uh, or neglect as a young child, even if you're an adult, I still have to report it to the state. Mm-hmm. So those are limitations I have specifically in Maryland. Yeah. And in California, it's kind of similar. Uh, the, the limitation of confidentiality is if in the course of therapy, you know, the client is telling me that they want to kill themselves and they have a plan and an intention, mm-hmm. I am required to break that confidentiality to save their life. Same right. thing if they're saying they want to kill someone else, they have a plan. I have to, I have to notify the victim mm-hmm. and notify the police. But also, yep. I'm a mandated reporter. If the the client has given me any concern for the well-being of any child, disabled individual, or elderly adult, even if the, the client is not the one doing the abuse or whatever, if they just happen to know about it and it comes out in therapy, then I will work with the client to you know make that report so that way that child, disabled individual, or elderly adult can be taken care of. I think... We covered a lot of really important information. Next episode, we will discover, discover, we will cover <laughs> and discover some barriers to therapy. What stops people from actually going to get mental health care? How do you tell if your therapist is a good fit? And what do you do if they're not a good fit? Right. I believe that's it for today. You can find me at Net20 Therapy on Facebook and Twitter. Where can people find you, Benjamin? They can find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at My Hero Therapy. It is a podcast that I'm going to be starting about the My Hero Academia anime and the psychology behind it and the lessons that we can learn about being heroes in real life. So keep an eye out. First episode is coming soon. All right. Well, hopefully that helped you all, and we'll see you next time. See you, everybody. Bye. Please take care of yourselves and make today amazing. Mm-hmm.